Cousins is trying to get it to the end zone. The Hail Mary from Cousins. It's caught! It's Kyle Rudolph with a Viking touchdown! Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man Flip Mozzie recording this podcast on Super Bowl Saturday. The Los Angeles Rams playing against the New England Patriots in Atlanta. New school versus old school for the Lombardi Trophy. I'm hanging in LA where nobody really cares about this game, but we do care deeply about our Minnesota Vikings. No real news to report. Back at the TCO Performance Center, the Vikings have reportedly made their special teams higher. Marwan Malouf joins the coaching staff as coordinator. That comes after a six-year stint in Miami. 14-year veteran coach seems to coach special teams in a much more aggressive way than Mike Prefer. More returns, longer punts, more blocks, at least that's what Luke Braun tells me. It's a boomer bust approach, but let's figure out who he's coaching first. Also, there's the report Rick Dennison, Gary Kubiak's old comrade, will join Minnesota, fill the offensive line coach vacancy. But that was just a whisper, a two-week-old whisper at this point now, so if it's happening, no one's in any hurry in many. Still, it's the offseason now, all major coaches are in the building, so let's start shopping. Can't do that much shopping, only $6.7 million in cap space, according to Over the Cap. Only five draft picks, but shopping is how we're going to look at the Vikings changing roster. We have a cart full of players, and we're going to walk down each aisle deciding what to put in the cart. That starts with the 14 members of the current roster who are unrestricted free agents. They're on the first shelf. Who are we putting back in the cart for 2019? Should they stay or should they go? To get right to it, we're going to start with Maloof's unit. Get the specialists out of the way. Kicker. Dan Bailey made $1.7 million last year. Definitely played below expectations. The Vikings needed an immediate fix after cutting their drafted rookie kicker, Dan Carlson. Bailey came in and was shaky for most of the year until he made his last 14 kicks of the season. So he ended 2018 strong, but overall 75% field goal percentage won't buy him any trust or a big free agent contract. Could the Vikings upgrade from Bailey? Probably, but it'd be expensive. My take, let someone else spend a ton on kicker and hope Dan can benefit with another year in purple and a new special teams coach. That's the kicker, now let's talk returner. Marcus Sherrill's the cornerback who doesn't play defense Is the cockroach's time up in Minnesota? While some fans say yes more than ever, let's just realize Cheryl's had a good a year as any punt returner, and his third best year ever with 12 yards per return. Marcus made $1.4 million last year. Whoa, that's a big paycheck for a special team's ace. Now there's also Amir Abdullah. He signed as a backup running back, but he played far more special team snaps, featured as our kick returner in 2018, an average 25.8 yards per return. That's pretty good for a kick returner. But there's a couple factors working against Amir. 
First, our Purple have two rookie cornerbacks, Mike Hughes and Holton Hill will be entering year two, and they return kicks just as well. They'll be looking for expanded roles. Also, third running back is a tough spot to survive. Rookie Mike Boone showed enough. I bet the Vikings will add another running back to replace Latavius Murray. So it's clear, Abdullah made $1 million, but I think he'll be looking for a new team. It'd be shocking to see him back in purple. Overall, that means we leave the special teams aisle after putting Dan Bailey back in the cart. We're leaving Marcus Shales and Amir Abdullah, hoping the answers at returner are already on the roster. That short discussion on running backs actually provides a great lead into our offensive free agents, specifically Latavius Murray. Murray entered Minnesota's roster under a cloud of doubt in 2017, fresh off waving Adrian Peterson from the final year of his contract, and before the Vikings traded up to get Dalvin Cook in the second round of the 2017 draft. Latavius's negotiations went into the night, past midnight, and after signing his three-year $15 million deal, our man went straight into rehab on his ankle. He got surgery six days after signing the contract. Most questioned his use, his salary. What Murray gave us exceeded the unacceptably low expectations set for him. When Cook got injured in 2017, Tay was there to compliment with Jarek McKinnon. 842 yards starting 11 games. Cook, again injured in 2018. Murray, now the only dependable running back, got 542 yards starting six games. Latavius Murray isn't a good feature back, but he's a dependable role player. That alone proved to be valuable, a backup running back on an offense that had a new question to answer every week. After restructuring his contract, Murray hits the free agent market with $5.2 million in his pocket from 2018. He's certainly due for a pay cut. Sport Track lists his market value at $1.6 million, which would be a almost a $4 million drop in salary. Unfortunately, our Vikings probably can't even afford that. We wish Latavius Murray the best as the Purple give the youngsters, Mike Boone, Rock Thomas, their shot. I wish they could keep Tay, but cap space is tight. Hopefully another dependable running back like him can be found cheaply. Then, of course, there's everyone's favorite subject, the offensive line. Brett Jones, Nick Easton, and Tom Compton, all unrestricted free agents, three of the nine offensive linemen, three of the six interior linemen, turnover at the position that needs it. But to move on from all three may be going a bit overboard. Brett Jones? Yeah, he's gone. Minnie traded a seventh round pick for him and then paid $2.9 million. He ended up playing two and a half games. Goodness, they did not get a return there. A 53.1 grade from Pro Football Focus in that limited playtime. That's lower than Compton, lower than Mike Remmers, lower than Danny Isadora. Could Jones benefit from a full offseason for our purple? Maybe, but it's got to be at a way cheaper rate. Jones made Compton look like a great 2018 free agent acquisition. Tom Compton started 14 games and put a few solid efforts together before falling apart late in the year. His 61 PFF grade made him our best interior lineman, all while paying him $900,000 for the year. There's not a single good reason to keep Jones over Compton, and the Vikings will need to keep one of these linemen for depth purposes. Maybe that guy is Nick Easton. I originally thought that would be a bad idea. 
inconceivable to bring back a lineman who underwent ankle and neck surgery last spring and summer. Many paid Easton $2.9 million to recover from those injuries. But if Nick is healthy, he deserves a look. He'll probably be cheaper, and it's easy to forget how well Nick Easton played in 2017. He allowed just three hits and nine hurries on his 401 pass-blocking snaps, just one of five guards to play more than 400 snaps without allowing a sack. All three of these guys, Compton, Jones, and Easton, should fetch a similar rate in free agency. A healthy Easton may be Minnesota's best option. That's the guy I'm buying right now, Nick Easton. The Vikings will have to address offensive line multiple times this offseason. Easton's a good start, but Murray, Compton, Jones, leave them all on the shelf. Big decisions await on the defensive line, too. Our Purple took a one-year flyer on Sheldon Richardson following stops in New York and Seattle. The six-year veteran signed an $8 million contract and produced solid results. Richardson started the year on fire before cooling off later in the year. A very welcome upgrade as the only new 28th starter in Mike Zimmer's defense. So we think the one-year contract paid off. I bet Sheldon thinks the same and is looking for a big payday in free agency. The real question circles around what his next contract looks like. Is it another one-year deal? Or does he go after stability and try to lock in a longer-term deal with more guaranteed cash? The Vikings might not be able to afford either. Top defensive tackles went for $8 to $14 million last offseason. The crop of free agents at the position is smaller this year, which should drive those prices even higher. So we want this guy, but the price tag gives pause. Gotta come back to this item after we see what the rest of the cart looks like. And the same goes for linebacker. I could go on about Anthony Barr for 15 minutes alone. You know, I just might do that. Barr and Richardson are two great defenders. They were great in Minnesota, and they'll be rewarded for it this spring. The question is, can many afford to lose them? Everyone has a different answer here. My way of answering this question is looking at the backups. Can we get by starting Eric Wilson and Jaleel Johnson if the defense is complemented by a strong offense? Will weaknesses at Sam Linebacker and 3-Tech hold the defense back given all the other talent on that side of the ball? Frankly, if the 2019 defense breaks without Barr and Richardson, then shame on the other guys. Shame on Daniil Hunter and Harrison Smith and Xavier Rhodes and the other studs for not being strong enough to cover their unit's weaknesses. Shame on Mike Zimmer for only being able to win with top flight talent at every single defensive spot. I'd love to keep both Barr and Richardson, but these are tough choices. I'm going to put them in the cart only after I'm sure the offense has everything it needs. That means we come back to this item. So with that, we've covered all the starters, even the specialists, but not all contributors. Minnesota has some key backups, of course, hitting the market too. There's a chance to replace this depth in the draft. Or is there? They only got five picks right now, y'all. That means it might be prudent to hold on to some of these guys. For example, I'd love to see Tom Johnson return in purple next year. 
dude never should have left. He and Sheldon swapped places last spring. TJ ended up in Seattle before they cut him, paying him $2 million to play just one game. Seahawks tried to resign him, but Slick Rick moves fast, giving Tom an extra 800000 on top of that $2 million he was already guaranteed by Seattle. Double dip, and our Vikes used him. Tom Johnson played 41% of snaps for the 13 games where he was active in many. The Vikings have some young defensive tackles too. If TJ is progress blocking Jaleel Johnson or Jalen Holmes, show him out the door with grace. But my hope is they can promote both of the young dudes and have TJ be that veteran insurance rush man. That's worth $1 million, right? Of course, for every Tom Johnson, there is a Georgia Loca. Thought to be the new flash in the Vikings defense, the big nickel they needed to add to Zimmer's defensive repertoire, Iloka went the way that most August signings do. A bust. Called this one. That 880 grand our purple spent on him doesn't hurt that much, but it's clear Mike Zimmer wasn't satisfied in his former disciple from Cincinnati. He tried George next to Harrison Smith after Andrew Sandejo went down. That lasted just over two games. Aloka struggled in week 6 and 7 after he blew a coverage, let up a 44-yard gain against the Saints. Zim benched him for Anthony Harris. And Zimmer didn't play him on defense again for a month. Just 11 defensive snaps in the last 8 games of the year. (laughs) Sorry, George, but I think that's awesome. We hear about Zim's hard-nosed, no-nonsense approach. Here it is on display. Dude sucks it up. Dude rides the bench and a story. I love it. I don't think Aloka is back. Easy decision. I don't think Zimmer wants him back. On offense, Aldrick Robinson signed for seven hundred grand to be our Purple's fourth receiver. He eventually took over as third receiver, but it was a slow transition to him from Laquan Treadwell. Encouraging, but better than Treadwell, that's not a high bar. 17 catches in 16 games. Not great even for a deep threat. Aldrick has some history with Kirk Cousins. He'll be cheap. He's a deep threat, which Minnesota doesn't have otherwise. Those all serve as reasons to keep him. I think they will, but hope they don't, honestly. I hope they look for another receiver in the draft. And we gotta wonder if Robinson has a better chance to be back in 2019 than Trevor Simeon. Before the Gary Kubiak hire, that would be an easy call. Now Trevor's got a good chance. Gary drafted Simi in 2015, started him in 2016 while Clint was a quarterback coach in Denver there with Trevor too. Obvious question then, do they keep the familiar backup quarterback in the building behind Kirk Cousins, Kyle Slaughter there too? I mean, why not? I'd love for many to draft a quarterback this year, but they have so many other needs. Trevor would be cheap and I doubt he attracts much interest elsewhere. That's your quick walk through all of our Purple Unrestricted Free Agents. To wrap it up, right now I have Dan Bailey, Nick Easton, and Tom Johnson returning. That's my wish list. Aldrick Robinson and Trevor Simeon bring them back to win their jobs in camp if they can. We still have to come back to Anthony Barr and Sheldon Richardson. Everyone else is walking. Marcus Sherrills, Latavius Murray, Tom Compton, and the rest. Start to say your goodbyes and focus on an off-season of offense. Thanks for listening, y'all. I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. I'll have takes on that game and the next step in the Vikings off-season plan, looking at the free agent market. 
That's all coming to you next Monday. Until then, Skull Vikes. Thank you.